I always joke that and say that I, I, I'm not sure it was the right one because it's so difficult and expensive, but I'm sure that it was the only way to go forward. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Simon Sakal, who is the co-founder and CEO of Soli. Uh, Simon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Really looking forward to uh, learning more about your journey. So starting on that, can you tell me about the founding story of launching Soli and everything you've done with the business? It's a very, very long story. So we started early 2000s, in the year 2000, at the beginning of the year 2000. And uh, I started in the food business, not only in Soli. Soli evolved from that. But I started by trying to make a fat-free potato chip, initially a fat-free snack. To I, I was trying to make it in front of people, like a popcorn that you can make and, and sell at malls, etc. So that, that's how it all started. I was just 17 years old. I was just starting engineering school in Mexico. And my father helped me start that. I understood that there was an, a, an extreme need to have a healthy plus indulgent product and uh, available at, to young people. I was young at the time at malls and, and everywhere around. At that time, I don't know if you remember, but the definition of healthy was the amount of fat you had. If, if everything that was healthy was low-fat, non-fat, fat-free. So the holy grail in the food industry was how to make a fat-free snack or and, and especially a, a good-tasting fat-free potato chip. And uh, the market started changing, uh, and Atkins hit at 2009, 2010, and now fat-free was not the, the biggest thing. And we ended up selling part of that company. But in the way, in the, in the process, we started working with lunchbox programs in Latin America, especially in Mexico, that the Mexican government decided that it's time that children have fruit in, in their breakfast. So it's a very very normal decision now looking back, but it was at the time something very unusual and crazy because most of rural schools in Mexico don't have, you, you don't have refrigeration at school, you don't have roads to even to, to some of those schools, you don't even have, Dave, running water. So distributing fruits to those kids for breakfast every day, it's very, very difficult. So from one day to the other, a law passed saying next year every school lunch has to have a fruit on it and it was impossible for the government authorities to comply with the law because it was very hard so we did a spin-off from the first company from the snack company called IHS and, and created this company called Fruitex to try to solve that problem and um, we ended up inventing a technology that is now patented worldwide, to make out a little bar out of fruit, especially apples at that time. But the catch with this technology is that it doesn't lose nutrients. Everything is low pressure, low temperature. So the product is a little bar that tastes very, very good, but it has the same properties, the same 
fiber and everything but the water as the fruit itself. So that solved a huge problem to the government. And that's how we started the fruit part, a company called Fruitex. And the solution is very good. We had the manufacturing, the business was going well, and it started growing faster than we expected. So that meant we had a problem with sourcing because apples are seasonal. Most fruits in the world are. And the only way we we could have enough apples for the summertime was drying in a very special way, drying the apples and then rehydrating them to process. So we ended up developing a drying machine and a drying process, but we had this amazing technology and, and machine to dry in a very special way the fruit. And we didn't have nothing to do with it on the most, well, at least half of the year or more. But one day I was at, at my office and and, and, and Gabriel was ex- experimenting with, with our R&D team uh, with this tropical fruits. He was experimenting with pineapple and uh, he ended up developing a technology to make a paste out of pineapple without adding anything else, no sugar, no nothing. But the interesting thing here, Dave, is that it smelled like pineapple, it looked like pineapple, it tasted like pineapple, and that's that's very hard in a food process to, to keep all the organoleptic parts of the of the fruit intact while processing it. So it's a different technology from the apples. And at that time, I'm talking around 2014, 15, at that time, everyone was talking about clean. And here we were at this manufacturing plant in Mexico with an amazing, not even product, but an amazing base that was the cleanest you can have. There's, there's nothing cleaner and nothing more natural and good for you than a beautiful, ripe, fresh, organic fruit. And it was at the same time extremely indulgent. So... We were not looking for that. We had an idea and then tried to develop a product with a co-manufacturer. It was that all this vertically integrated supply chain and, and, and our manufacturing facilities that are different and our the way that we develop technologies, we were able to have this unique product. And we decided that we needed to launch something and and solely is is the child of all that work that's an amazing journey so you know, you got to that point you had all that history and you mentioned didn't really want to necessarily launch a cpg business but here you are with this amazing business that you've grown when you decide to make that leap with you and your brothers to take this technology this vertical integration where did you start what was that first step of uh, launching a CPG business? That's a great question because we had some experience doing it. We did it with the, with the fat-free potato chips and we had some experience. So we, the first thing that we understood is that for something so cutting edge, Mexico is not the right market. It's, it could be a good one, but it's not the right market. So we, we understood that from the beginning, but we also understood how difficult this journey is. And and eight years ago, it was 
I think a little bit more difficult even. So we didn't want to just launch something. So we did two things at the same time. We went to Starbucks in Mexico. We showed them a mock-up of the product. We developed this name solely, which means only. So the idea is it was a fruit bar, not, not, not even a fruit jerky. And it said solely mango, solely pineapple. So it was understood that it was just made out of that product. So we developed this concept and we had a meeting with, with Starbucks Mexico. We showed them the mock-up and, and, and the marketing director said, how fast can you supply this? We, we want this. This is amazing because they have, and they still work with some fruit bars, but it's a completely different approach because most of the products of the processes need a vehicle and, and they use apples to to do that, apple paste mostly. So you lose a lot of the indulgence and the smell and the, and the experience of the fruit. So it was just, I, 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 they opened the product, they said, this is amazing. And, and we started selling there. And then the second thing we did is we we did a very, very small test at the Bay Area with a friend slash part-time salesperson that helped us. And we did that test through 2016, those both tests. And we just understood that this was crazy, crazy good. Because when whenever people tried the product, there's no substitute to it because you have... Again, all the indulgence and all the, the it, it's a, it's good for you. It's not even a better for you product. It, it, it's good for you. It's the whole fresh organic fruit. So return to the lab and redevelop the whole concept. All 2017, I raised a bit more money in the company. We, we started, this is not just a launch again with a co-manufacturer. Every time we need to launch something, we started working with the farmers. We needed to wait for the season to get the perfect ripe. At that time was mango, pineapple, and banana. And we launched those two tests. Meanwhile, I again raised money and I took a huge leap because my, my two brothers, Gabriel and Alejandro, stayed in Mexico with the real business that we had, which was all these institutional businesses and the ingredient business. And I just moved here to San Diego to, to launch solely at the end of 2018. And that's, that's how we entered the CPG business. And at the time, that product, that was, was that the fruit jerky? Was that kind of first product yes. that you had? How did you go from the fruit jerky to the fruit gummies and then to the dried fruit and now, you know, to the pasta, which is a really interesting kind of uh, take on where you've evolved to? That's an amazing question. So the fruit jerky is an amazing product and, and I'm not just saying it, it's extremely unique and, and, and we know that consumers get that because we have the highest repeat rate in, as per Nielsen in the category. Because once you try it and, and you know and you, you like it, there's there's no substitute to that indulgence and freshness with that cleanness. So we launched the fruit jerky. We, we did a, our hard launch in September 
2019. That's where we started. And it started doing very, very well. And the way this evolved is, as you know, because I told you the whole story, we're very good at R&D. And we were also doing dried fruit at the time with the business to business part of the company. So there was a very easy transition or launch to dried fruit. And so the interesting thing about dried fruit is that we are the largest, uh, well, part of our company, we are one of the largest producers of natural tropical dried fruit in the world. So we can have the best quality and the best price for Soli. And, and that, that's a huge, huge deal because when you don't add sugar and sulfites and colors to dried fruit, which we don't, of course, then quality is, is very difficult. It's, people perceive this as a commodity, Dave, but it's not because it's like going to the supermarket and, and, and picking up a mango. One could be very good, one it's not so good, and also the process. And so we have the best quality and then we have and the best price and we have some unique products like the fruit, like organic mango with a cacao drizzle, which is chocolatey. We, do, we never add sugar, we never add chemicals, and, and but you still have the chocolate experience. We have pineapple with chili and salt, and we have pizzas. And so that part was a very easy transition to the fr- dried fruit. And that started uh, picking up as well. And then we had another problem. So we process a huge amount of fruit every day. And we had a lot of mango left around the pit and the peel. And, uh, and we started working with a new technology on how to use that mango to precipitate, well, to work with the pectins to make a gummy texture. So that's, we ended up inventing another technology to make this fruit gummies. And I think we've not done so far the perfect job on communicating how unique this product is because you get the experience of a gummy, but the only ingredient is organic fruit. It has a little bit of vitamin C still, but it's the cleanest. You want your kids to eat it because it's only organic whole fruit that that you're getting. So it's an amazing, unique product. and, And we started with that product, I think a couple of years ago, and now it's growing like crazy because we feel a huge need to give. And we always talk about giving this to children, but we, in our research, we know that a lot of adults buy them for themselves, but it's, an, it's, a, it's a very unique product as well because it's everything that is solely is, it's not better for you. It's, it's really good for you. It, it's a whole organic fruit. And never added sugar, never added chemicals, etc. And then we evolved a little bit to pastas, and that that that's sort of a leap. And and we did it because we have a, a one of our retailers we we love so much and we respect so much, and we were working together to get a solution for that category. And um, and first, we ended up developing a spaghetti squash that is 
dry it in a very special way so you can rehydrate it afterwards. And that will sound familiar to you from the story of the first fruit bars, the apple fruit bars, but that's the whole idea. So you dehydrate in a very special way that the spaghetti squash. So you have a shelf stable spaghetti squash that you cook in three, four, five minutes at home. And, and it's really a, a spaghetti squash, but it, it's a salad. But you put a little bit of, of sauce and, and you have something extremely healthy to eat. And then we launched this year just to accompany that product. Pasta, which is very, very different because this one, the, the Fusilli green banana pasta is made out of green bananas only. It has one ingredient, organic green bananas. And the interesting part here is that the taste and the texture is a lot closer to regular pasta. It's not the spaghetti squash is a different experience. It's spaghetti squash. But this one is a lot closer to regular pasta. And again, you're eating something that is good for you. It's it's not this flour or grains or it's just organic fruit. So again, it's ex exactly the same concept. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. You started with the very fruit category, and in retail, that means working with a certain buyer. When you moved into pasta, you're now going into another space. So how did that work for you of you know crossing into retail and expanding not just with new retailers, but expanding within the store itself? In our case, it happened naturally because most of our retailers at that time, we were still smaller, they recognized that we bring this uniqueness to each category. So it was not extremely difficult, especially on the natural space. We were blessed to have very, very good relationships and very, very good people at those retailers. So it was not a, a huge leap. It's not that we had to be on another commercial team to go to another type of buyer. But now for the commercial, for the conventional mass market, it presents a, a challenge. And we're analyzing how to proceed with that one. So you've talked a few times about the the unique patented kind of process you have, the vertical supply chain. Doing all that takes a lot of investment um, versus just going to find a contract manufacturer. What was it that really brought the belief from you and your brothers that investing in that vertical supply chain was the right and maybe the only approach that would make sense for this business? <laughs> I always joke that and say that I, I, I'm not sure it was the right one because it's so difficult and expensive, but I'm sure that it was the only way to go forward because in food, most, most of the processes are developed to, to start from shelf-stable flour, sugar, flavors, etc. And 
starting from fresh is a huge leap. So it's not that we wanted to build this vertical infrastructure. It's the, in reality, Dave, I think it's the only way to bring something really disruptive. Because if not, you can say whatever you want in marketing, but if you're bound to what your co-manufacturer can do, then it's a matter of formulations, which which is amazing. And there's so, so great companies around formulations. But this is a very different thing because it takes a lot longer. It takes a lot more money and, and care of thousands of people. And there's a lot of more depth. But it's also the only way to do it. You cannot get a disruptive process with a product that's so unique unless you invent the process and then source the fruit and then have, now we have four manufacturing facilities in Latin America to manufacture those products because no one else will do it for you. So you guys have been on a very long journey since that fat-free potato chip, but also a pretty rapid just over the last five years since you introduced the first product or the fruit jerky in the U.S. Where do you see the next five years going for solely as a business? I think we're just, well, I know because our household penetration is very, very low still. So we're just scratching the surface. There's no, most of the American people have not seen or tried solely and and we have so much space to grow at. Uh, we, we are blessed to have very, very good velocities wherever we launch. What we need to do is we need people to try us. And that's it's amazing when, when you see the graphs and how it works. But every time we manage to have people try solely, then the baseline grows. And again and again, and it's been happening for this whole four years because the product is so unique. So we still have a lot of growth. Uh, we are we started with a strategy of doing singles, for example, which is crazy if you think about it, because now at the center of the store, you never have or almost never have singles of product. And But the, the idea here was to lower the bar and, and have people try the product easily. And it, it's been working amazingly. But now we're moving to multi-packs, for example. And uh, that alone will change the consumption pattern because it's not just for for you at the time, but it's also for home. And we've been very successful with some rotations at club, very high numbers. And so we have a, a long-term vision. We're here for the, for the long-term. Every decision we make is in that sense. We're not... We've been growing very rapidly, but we don't grow. But also we're, we've always been profitable as a company. So we are extremely excited of, of what the future will bring because of that. And then also we have some very good innovations and interesting innovations that we're bringing in the next couple of years to the market with, again, new technologies and new things, because that's our DNA. And, and we really, really enjoy that. I really appreciate you sharing the uh, the journey that's been a pretty remarkable one for uh, you and your family on this business. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I've loved it. it. It's hard. And as you said, it, every part of it is difficult. And this CPG business is difficult. And the agro business is difficult and manufacturing. But it's it's rewarding and it's exciting. And, and 
very, very excited about the future. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.